1: That's why there's Dr. Clapper. Dr. Clapper is the former head of orthopedic surgery at Cedar Sinai. The Weekend Warrior show with Dr. Clapper presented by Cedar Sinai. Hey Dr. Clapper. How are you? How are you? Saturday mornings from 7 to 9. Silence
2: is golden when you can't think of a good answer.
0: <laughs> yes, doc. I love your show. Now, here he is, Dr. Robert Clapper.
2: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. We're a little late. We're five minutes late. But you know what? I'm a doctor. And when someone's asking me questions, and I'm trying to give them, healing them through the radio, I've got to take my time. Dr. Clapper. Thank God my wife all these years understood. I may be late for dinner. I may be late for lots of things.
0: Call Clapper. But
2: it's usually because I'm taking care of somebody. I've been put on this planet for that reason, and I know it. Dr.
3: Clapper, extension 57, please.
2: I wanted to be a carpenter, but my mother, the nurse, wouldn't let me. Robbie, first you should be a doctor. Then you can do whatever you want. So here I am on the radio as a doctor.
4: Damn
2: (laughs) right. At 8.15, we're going to be talking to Nathan Garrison, who started a company that fascinates me called Shark Bands. Jared Abrams, the great Jared Abrams, hunted him down and got him to be our guest. It's a band you can wear on your wrist to keep sharks away if you're a surfer. And why would you want to keep the sharks away if you're a surfer? Because sharks do this. This is Robert Shaw from the movie Jaws telling you what a shark does to people, to sailors on the aircraft carrier Indianapolis during World War II. This is why we are so deathly afraid of them. And they are so powerful and emotionally make us crazy, make us cry.
0: Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then Oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red. In spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and rip you to pieces.
2: The guy making that speech was Robert Shaw in the movie Jaws. Yeah, they were hunting a shark, but Richard Robert Shaw behaved like a shark to the young rookie actor Richard Dreyfuss and put the fear of God in this poor kid.
5: Shaw would say, look at you, Dreyfus, you eat and you drink and you're fat and you're sloppy. Your
1: age is criminal. Why, you couldn't even do ten good push-ups. He would challenge Dreyfus on, on all kinds of levels. Uh, his favorite, one, one great trick for, that he did to Dreyfus as an actor is just before they'd start rolling and have to be seriously acting, Shaw would lean over to Dreyfus and say, mind your mannerisms. <laughs> and they'd start shooting and Dreyfus, of course would be trying to mind his mannerisms and be present as the actor
2: he was a bully to him he was like a shark all these years later I mean they made the movie in 1975 okay this is 45 years ago Richard Dreyfus sits down in an Irish tv show and listen to him start to cry when he thinks about that shark and thinks about Robert Shaw
6: I was talking, I, was, I mentioned on, on my radio show this morning that Richard Dreyfuss is going to be on the chat show tonight and I hope you all tune in and hope you like what you get. And we got a text in from a 14-year-old girl from Kilkenny to say that her granddad was in Jaws with you. And his name was Robert Shaw, an extraordinary actor of his generation. And I said to her as we were chatting, she said, I'd love to meet him. I said, well, would you like to meet your grandfather, your late grandfather? She said, no, I'd love to meet Richard Dreyfuss. And I said, well, why don't you come up to the show tonight and, and meet him?
2: Listen to him start to cry
6: when he thinks about a shark or Robert Shaw. And I introduced you to her in the green room before the show. And you, you, you got so emotional. And you, you broke down in, in a way because, and you, you hugged her, and you said the nicest things to her about, about Mr. Shaw, about Robert Shaw. Why, why did you get so taken back Take well, it back because a shark will do that to you just
2: saying the word we had a caller earlier from west virginia he didn't stay on the line but i'm sure he lives in west virginia for one reason there's no sharks in west virginia people will do anything to get away from them they make you emotional there's a power in them where in sports do we see that the crying when you're talking about a shark well, in a surf contest in 2015, Mick Fanning was attacked by a shark. The other surfer in the lineup tries to go save his life. His name is Julian Wilson. Listen to Julian Wilson being interviewed after the meet about witnessing this shark attack his friend Mick
3: Fanning. I was about to fight it out with Mick Fanning for the ratings lead and got off to a pretty good start. Jules, you had one wave. Ben, explain the scenario that unfolded in the lineup.
7: Yeah, it was pretty spooky. Um, I got the first wave of the, of the heat, and then I was kind of down where I wanted to be sitting for the heat. And Mick was kind of in no man's land, so I was really watching him. And he was kind of sitting on his board, and I was like, "Oh, if a wave can come right now," then I, and I was really like, just had my eyes on him. And he was like, kind of looking down the point more, and like, literally, like, saw. The whole thing pop up behind him, and I was like, "I haven't been emotionally, but I can't even talk about it."
3: <laughs> M- mate, um, one of the, the comments that, that Mick made was, rather than paddle towards the beach, he was motioning you to make your way in. You started paddling towards Mick, um, obviously a good friend, and a, a pretty hard situation there for you.
2: This is a Man. professional surfer crying on TV talking about a shark.
7: It was like, it came up and he was wrestling it. I saw the whole thing and then saw he got knocked off his board and then like a little wave popped up and I was like, oh, he's gone. Like, he's, he's gone under. I, like, I felt like I couldn't get there quick enough. Oh, sweet until now.
3: Mate, it's a, it's a hard one for everyone. Yet uh, Mick had a moment. When he got back to the beach and he fell into the arms of some of his closest friends on tour. You talk about sharks, you're going to start crying. Because that's what they do to you.
2: Except if you can tame the shark. And we're going to be talking to our guests at 8.15 about taming the shark. But in the world of art, the world of music, you can tame the shark. If your name is Bobby Darin or Frank Sinatra. Listen to Bobby Darin talking about a shark. This song launched his career.
8: Oh, the sharp baby Has such teeth, dear And it shows them Pearly white Just a jackknife Has old Maggie Heath, baby. And it keeps it uh, Out of sight you know when that shark bites with his teeth, baby, scarlet billows start to spread. Fancy gloves though, where's old Maggie? Heat, baby. So there's never, never a trace of red.
2: Nobody knew anything about Bobby Dare until he tamed the shark. And Frank Sinatra, listen to Quincy Jones, and then you're going to hear one of the greatest interviews I've ever heard. Because this musician in Frank Sinatra's band, I can't even mimic how he speaks, but he's about to tell you about Frank Sinatra putting this song in the pocket. I don't even know what that means. But when this musician tries to describe what being in the pocket is, It's the most musical thing I've ever heard in my life, and he's not even playing an instrument. It's just in his voice. One of the greatest things I've ever heard with my ears was this man describing Frank Sinatra. So first, let's just listen to Quincy Jones.
0: Frank Sinatra is the American pop singer. He's the the, the, uh, essence of what American pop singer is all about. He relates to a melody just like a a very uh, stylized a uh, jazz musician does, with the way they deal with the melody and turn it and curve it and really make it their own. Here we go. When you're in the pocket, you're right in the groove Listen to that's me. necessary for that tune, just like Mac the Knife. do <laughs> do <laughs> 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 That's right in the pocket. If it were any faster or any slower, it would be out of the pocket. Ugh!
2: Oh, I just would love to spend an afternoon with that guy and just have him talk with his snapping fingers. Look over there, Doc. There's a palm tree There's a surfer Catching waves I mean, like, the guy's unbelievable He doesn't even need an instrument Incredibly entertaining And this is Frank Sinatra Taming the shark
0: Here the shark has Pretty teeth, dear And he shows them Shows him pearly white Just a jackknife as Mac Heath did. And he keeps it, keeps it way out of sight
2: Oh my god, are we having fun? When
0: the shark bites With his teeth near Scarlet billows They start to spread Fancy gloves, though, Mac he's dear. So there's never, never, never a trace of red. Wow.
5: All
2: right, Warriors, I can't wait till my guest. Coming up next, we'll be talking to the great Nathan Garrison because it's a show all about sharks. How could you keep them away? Well, he's figured out how called Shark Bands. Nathan Garrison coming up next on the Weekend Warrior Show here on 710 ESPN.
1: Miss an interview or Doc's weekly story?
4: Hi, it's Greeny. There's no better way to start your Saturday morning than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show right here on 710. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. All of you guys. Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper. As they say in New York. Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers.
2: Welcome back, Weekend Warriors. Oh, no fun, no fun, no fun. We're talking all about sharks. And that's why we've invited my guest, the great Nathan Garrison. Nathan, thanks so much for getting up early to be with us.
9: Hey, Dr. Clapper. Pleasure to be here with you.
2: Have you been listening to the show at all? You Can you imagine me joining you with Richard Dreyfuss and Robert Shaw and Julian Wilson and this whole crazy world about sharks? But that's what you do for a living. I got to learn all about you, Nathan. First of all, where'd you grow up? What'd your dad do for a living? And how did this journey for you end up making a company Shark Bands?
9: Sure thing. Happy to dive into it. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina. Hmm. Uh, My dad worked in the software industry, but he was always a bit of an entrepreneur. So he always taught my brother and I to kind of follow our own path. And put up a few walls, but you know we were allowed to make our own decisions and mistakes, and I think that was really kind of a foundation of what led us into uh, both becoming entrepreneurs later. Mm. Uh, but as far as getting involved in the world of sharks, it sort of happened uh, on accident. Uh, we had a close friend who was attacked pretty viciously by a bull shark in Charleston, South Carolina off the Folly Beach Pier when uh, I was like a late teenager. And As a surfer problems, or
2: as a swimmer?
9: As a surfer. Okay. And it, uh, the shark pulled him underwater off of his board, mm. uh, tore up his foot pretty badly, um, mm. and he ended up making a full recovery. You probably would have been interested in the, uh, the x-rays and the MRI. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And he made a full recovery, but it made me look at the ocean differently after that. Mm. And then when I moved out to California... Uh, I had a, a kid on my street, actually, in the first few months that I lived in Santa Barbara uh, who was killed by a, a great white surfing uh, in Santa Barbara County. And that mm. sort of heightened the, the fear as well. And it really started my brain and my dad's brain in thinking, OK, there's got to be some way that simple, affordable, and doesn't look ridiculous, that won't impact performance, that we can develop that would help people reduce the risk of a shark attack. Oh, my God.
2: That's incredible. Where did you go to college?
9: University of Miami.
2: Wow. So you're a, you're yeah. an ocean guy. Are you a surfer, too?
9: Yeah, I've been a surfer my whole life. My dad was actually a dive instructor in Monterey, California, mm. in the 70s. Mm. So he kind of gave us the bug for that when when we were super young. And, uh, yeah, I've been a, a diver and a surfer for uh, most of my life.
2: Just saying the word shark, Nathan, elicits this incredible response in people. And it's not so much that you can – like saying lightning doesn't do it. You know what I mean? It, it could kill you, lightning. But the the whole idea that the shark – is hunting you and then rips you apart. I mean, in your mind, what is it that makes this word, this animal, create such a response in people?
9: Good question. You kind of hinted at it there. Uh, It is a psychological thing because we are hardwired as human beings. We have to go back to our more primal days to be terrified, basically, of anything that can eat us. Mm -hmm. And it elicits a, uh, that fight-or-flight response in our brain when we think about something that could. And naturally, when we think of shark, it does elicit that kind of response. So mm-hmm. that's really why. Mm-hmm.
2: I want to play Robert Shaw describing how a shark ate the sailors as they were floating in the water from when the Indianapolis was torpedoed in World War II. This is just one of the greatest shark speeches of all time.
0: Sometimes that shark, he looks right into you, right into your eyes. You know the thing about a shark, he's got lifeless eyes, black eyes, like a doll's eyes. When he comes at you, he doesn't seem to be living until he bites you. And those black eyes roll over white and then, oh, then you hear that terrible high-pitched screaming. The ocean turns red, in spite of all the pounding and the hollering, they all come in and they rip you to pieces. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this is why we love you, Nathan Garrison. And I tell you, <laughs> you get success in life when you can tame that shark. Listen to Bobby Darren, who just sang a song about sharks, a lone shark, a land shark, for example, but... He went from being a nobody to a somebody, and the interviewer kept saying, nobody knew about you beforehand, you better give full credit to a shark song.
5: And prior to that, I had seven or eight complete failures that didn't appeal to anyone except my immediate family, I'll be honest with you. So that when you say Mack tonight, it's the biggest single factor uh, contributing to the value of the name Bobby Darin, certainly. Uh, the, The song was around for years. I didn't create it, I didn't write it, and I didn't do anything to it except treat it a little differently. And, uh, I think the arrangement was as much, if not more, the selling point of the song as was the, uh, my particular lyric and interpretation.
0: Yeah.
2: He tamed the shark. So you've tamed the shark. I would just love to know, Nathan, what was it like in the beginning? How did you, how did you launch this? How do you sell this device? I just am fascinated by how you get the word out that you've got shark bands.
9: Yeah, sure thing. I'll dive into that as well. Uh, I also loved that musical nod today by the way that was excellent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking that one with me for sure. I, I'm glad you brought that along. Did you hear that uh, did you
2: hear the musician in Frank Sinatra's band with clicking his fingers? You got to hear this. I'm going to play this again. I,
9: oh, I heard it. Yeah, I was on the I was on the line listening. Yeah, it was awesome.
2: Oh, I mean, he's just he's just clicking his fingers and it's the most musical thing I've ever heard in my life. Wait, I got to play it again.
0: Frank Sinatra is the american pop singer He's said taming he's, uh, the uh, shark essence of what american that's pop basically singer's what he about. did
5: he relates
0: to a melody jones just like a a very uh stylized
2: but here's a quincy jones band does, member
0: with the way they deal with the melody and turn it in and the pocket and really make it their own when you're in the pocket you're right in the groove that's that's necessary for that tune just like <laughs> mac the knife <Night. laughs> <da, ding>, <laughs> that's right in the pocket if it were any faster or any slower it would be out of the pocket Uh,
2: and you make the pocket where that device fits so that you can keep that damn shark away so, Nathan, take I us through. I love being
0: the pocket reference,
9: man, <laughs> because that's, you, as you know, as a surfer, that's the part of the wave that's the most critical that's where you drive right. all the speed. That's like being in the zone. And I love that it crosses over between the music and surfing there. So that was, that was beautiful. Nathan, you haven't right.
2: realized yet that the world of art, the world of sports, the world of music, and for me, my world of surf, they're all the same. You just got to figure it out, right? I, I mean, that. it's all, you just got to, the eyes don't see what the mind doesn't know you got to be educated, and then it all makes sense. That's what your life is, Nathan. You said it, man. All right, take us through this. I mean, I'm just fascinated by this idea of yours, and how do you get the word out, and and what was it that really launched you guys?
9: So as I was saying, yeah, we uh, we started looking around at different technologies that were available to potentially create this device, and, and what it is, uh, so I can give everybody kind of a a visualization is it's a band that you wear on your wrist or ankle it's about the size of a you know a medium-sized wrist watch made out of nice comfortable silicone rubber and that contains this powerful permanent magnet and this magnetic technology had been researched and tested for about eight nine years before we actually started uh looking into it Mm -hmm. so We figured out, okay, if this is this is the most viable option for us because you can put it in a small package that's not going to impact performance and it's effective enough based upon this existing research. So we went to this group of scientists that had developed and and patented (laughs) it and we said, hey, you know, we've got this set of skills. Are you willing to license us the patent to create a product to protect humans from sharks and reduce the risk for any ocean goer who, who spends time in the water, and we were managed to negotiate that deal. And as part of, of that, once that deal was done, we had to take, uh, we had to hire a designer. So I worked in the footwear industry before, and I was uh, a, a member of the creative department. And so as a as part of my job, I had to be a liaison to all the different parts of the company. Mm-hmm. So even though I didn't know how to do all of the specific steps. I knew what they were and I knew the right people that mm. I needed to speak to in order to bring a device from concept all the way to having it sit on a shelf at retail.
0: Mm.
9: So we had to come up with these prototypes. I hired a designer to do that, who actually used to work with in footwear. And we set to work really hard just, you know, full speed for about eight, nine months, and came up with the first version of shark bands. And then it was the time, okay, now we gotta fly down to the Bahamas which is where the research permits were valid to go and test this thing so my dad and I and one of the lead scientists we were out on the boat at a spot that's you know known to have sharks every day oh, God. and there's you know seven eight sharks swimming around <laughs> and we're looking at each other about to jump in and <laughs> test this device ourselves and we're like was this really a good idea <laughs> oh my god
2: well i know one thing i'm jewish nathan and i know one thing i don't eat sharks it's a rule and sharks don't eat jews so that's i got that going for me
9: (laughs) well we're there to help make sure you don't get (laughs) eaten that's amazing So, so that's our kind of our humble beginnings you know and um since then, you know, we've continued to build on the knowledge of the technology, understanding when and how it's effective. You know, the the research existed to show, in fact, that this was uh, an effective shark deterrent. And we've kind of taken it upon ourselves to show when and how it can be most effective. And, you know, we put it through a bunch of various extreme tests with dummies and bait, you know, on surfboards and you know, you'll see these big 10 foot bull sharks come up in our videos and they've got a whole fish hanging right in front of them on the dummy's leg. And the shark man's is strapped to the leg and they come within the effective range, which is about six feet. And boom, they turn away from it.
6: Wow. And, uh,
9: you know, the first, every time I go down to test the device, I'm, you know, you look at the size of it and you're like, wow, is this really going to work? um <laughs> You know, every time I'm always blown away at the, the level of effectiveness and the way you're able to turn away this huge animal from its favorite food.
2: Listen to Julian Wilson. This is what I was taught when I went to Fiji, and this is what we're always taught in terms of how the shark feeds, which is totally erroneous because Mick Fanning was attacked at 2.30 in the afternoon.
3: We know that, that sharks are uh, part of the environment here in South Africa. Uh everyone is, it's kind of in the back of everyone's minds, but you just don't foresee something like this happening in the final of a championship tour event.
7: It was the furthest thing from my mind out there. It's sunny, the waves are pumping, it's 2.30 in the afternoon, it's like early mornings and late afternoons, I tend not to surf out here. and. You know, in that moment, it was the furthest thing from my mind, to be honest, and I couldn't believe what I was watching.
2: Right. It's the farthest thing. Well, guess what? They don't have a wristwatch in terms of what time they want to bite you.
9: (laughs) That's right.
2: Wow. What has been the most helpful thing to getting this business going that surprised you? Did the Coast Guard call? Did someone from South Africa get into, like, what really was the spike that got you going?
9: Well, do you mind if I make a comment about that event that took place in in South Africa that you just played the clip from? Nathan Garrison, you are a member of the Weekend
2: Warrior family right now. You are free to say whatever you'd like.
9: <laughs> All right. Well, the thing that I love about that incident uh, that took place where McFanning got attacked by the shark in the uh, in the Jeffreys Bay contest back in 2015 uh, was it showed the way that great athletes are separated from good athletes and in my opinion it's because of instinct and that shark came at McFanning. And his instinct was to immediately fight back against that shark. And he turned and he faced it and he fought back. And people could look at that and say, maybe, oh, I would do that. But the reality is that 99% of people would try to get away from the thing as fast as they possibly could, which is probably the worst thing that you could do. And he turned and he faced the shark and he attacked the shark. And nobody expected that to happen. And the shark (laughs) definitely didn't expect it to happen. And that was his instinct that took over in that moment. And, you know, as Mick Fanning is known as white lightning, you know, he's known as having some of the best instincts in surfing. And it came out in that moment and he did not get attacked. He didn't get bitten by the shark and the shark took off and left him alone. And that Mm. was really remarkable display of that principle.
2: My favorite McFanning story is when he was w- world champion, all the T-shirts and the board shorts and everybody wants him you know, to put his name on it as a sponsor. And the flip-flop company came to him and said, listen, we want to make McFanning flip-flops. And he says, mate, I'm not interested. You know, Leave me alone because you'll never make what I really want. They said, we'll make whatever you want. And he said, all right, I like beer. I like drinking bottles of beer, but I'd love to be able <laughs> to pop the tops off and And if you could put a bottle opener in my flip-flop, then I'll put my name on it. They said, are you crazy? And I remember being in Hawaii going into a surf (laughs) shop once and saying to the guy, okay, this is a fascinating surf shop you have here with all the t-shirts, the surfboards, the, what's the coolest thing? What's the hottest item you have right now? The guy goes, hands down, it's the Mick Fanning flip-flops because we can't keep them in the store. Every time we get them, we sell out because everybody wants to open bottles of beer with the, the bottle opener that's in the bottom, the sole, of the damn flip-flop. I love that guy because he thinks of things that nobody else would think of.
9: Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I remember owning those well before I was even <laughs> allowed to drink them.
2: <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan, I can't thank you enough. I am I, such a fan of people who... Just take the, the bull by the horns and go for it. You, you know Your life is all about that, not just sitting around, but going out and doing something and taking a chance. And it really is a pleasure to to know that you've been successful at this and how it got started. Uh, I'm proud of you. I've never met you, but I feel like we are rooting for you big time. And if there's anything I can do, you just let me know. It's, it's really been great. How do people get a hold of uh, Shark Bands? How do they learn about it? What's the website?
9: But yeah, I really appreciate that, Dr. Claver. I mean, it'd be super fun to surf together. I know we live fairly close to each yep. other and uh we will I don't know if you've ever surfed surfed out of the Channel Islands, but it'd uh, be fun to take you out there sometime if okay. you ever want to go.
2: I I you'll see me in Ventura all the time. We we're not that far away.
9: All right. Sounds good, man. Well yeah, if people want to get a hold of Shark Benz, you go to Sharkbands.com, that's Shark Common Spelling, and then B A N Z. Uh you can read all about it and you can learn about our new fishing product as well, which is all about helping Uh, helping fishermen stop sharks from taking their catch off the line. Mm -hmm. And that helps both put more money in fishermen's pockets and it helps conserve fish stocks. So super excited Mm -hmm. about that and Mm -hmm. been working hard on that for the last two years.
2: The ideas keep coming, Nathan Garrison. Don't quit, don't stop. It's a beautiful thing to change the world one little bit at a time and you really are making it a safer place for all of us. And thank you so much for making time and thanks to Jared Abrams for tracking you down. I really appreciate it.
9: Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me on, Dr. Okay. Clapper. You okay. take care. All
2: right. Talk soon. The great Nathan Garrison from Shark Bands. What a fantastic idea to be able to get the shark, go someplace else, leave me alone. Brilliant. Just brilliant. All right. Coming up next, I'll take your calls. The number is 877-710-ESPN. But we got to talk about food because I had a sandwich this week that reminded me of a shark. I bit into the sandwich, but guess what the sandwich did? It bit me back! What kind of a sandwich bites you back? Well, there's one in Ventura and there's one in Tarzana. I'll explain these two different places. Coming up next, the number is 877 710 ESPN. You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warriors Show, The Shark Show.
1: Holy emoji clap Weekend warriors on Facebook. Holy
0: slip disc.
1: That's right, Robin. Hear listeners talk about their aches and pains. Holy hamstrings. Along with Doc's clapper vision.
6: Breathe deeply.
1: And advice to callers.
6: On your toes, Robin.
1: So like follow and enjoy a wise decision the Weekend Wear Facebook page. Frankly I can
10: think of nothing more stimulating than
4: What's up is LZ. Look, you know there's no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and The Weekend Warrior Show. 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Start your weekend off right, listening to The Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
2: Google the Guggenheim.
4: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN. 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. A dream
8: lover will come my way Girl to hold in my arms and know the magic of her charms Cause I want a girl to call my
2: own. I wanna dream lover so I don't have to dream alone. Welcome back, weekend warriors. Dream lover, where are you? That's Bobby Darren, dream lover died at 37 years old, rheumatic fever, affected his heart valve. We can fix heart valves now without even opening up your chest. It's just amazing the advances in every field. Nathan Garrison created a way to tell a shark to go away, bite somebody else, leave me alone. And in the world of heart surgery, this is a no big deal. To help Bobby Darren, but it's too late. That's why you gotta live in the moment today. Yeah, things will be different in the future. Can't go back into the past, you gotta live in the moment. Well, what a beautiful voice Bobby Darren had. And the reason we're playing Bobby Darren is because his career struggled in the beginning until. He rearranged a song from decades before from an obscure Broadway musical called Three Penny Opera. And he changed the arrangement of the song and birthed the, the hit, *Mac the Knife. Once that occurred, his career launched. And as he said, Harry, Bo- Harry Belafonte says, you can be singing for 30 years and you become an overnight sensation with just one move that you make. Let's listen to, first let's listen to Bobby Darin singing "Mac the Knife and how beautiful it is. Pulsating. Oh, the shot, baby. Has such
8: teeth, dear And it shows them Pearly white Just a jackknife Has old Maggie he And it keeps it uh, Out of sight You know when that shark bite With his teeth, baby Scarlet below Start to spread Fancy gloves, though, where's old Maggie Heath, So there's never, never a trace of red.
2: He's then interviewed in the early 60s in his office, and the reporter says, tell us about Mac the Knife launching your career.
5: Your career started, with, I think, with the, the great version of Mac the Knife. Is this true? Uh, well, it, uh, I, I don't think any career starts with a particular record. Uh, uh, it's like Harry Belafonte's classic line about it took, it took him 31 years to become an overnight success. You you work for something. Now, when the public gets a chance to hear something and accept something that they like, then they, for, for all intents and purposes, you are born right at that moment. I had four or five hit records before Knife, uh, appealing to a younger set, per se, to were rock and roll hits. And, and prior to that, I had seven or eight complete failures that didn't appeal to anyone except my immediate family, I'll be honest with you. So that when you say Macdonald, it's the biggest single factor uh, contributing to the value of the name Bobby Darin, certainly. Uh, the, the song was around for years. I didn't create it, I didn't write it, and I didn't do anything to it except treat it a little differently. And uh, I think the arrangement was as much, if not more, the selling point of the song as was the uh, my particular lyric and interpretation.
2: I think he's being way too modest. His artistic bend and how he saw the phrasing and saw the music is the key. Even Frank Sinatra went on to say that his version, Bobby Darin's version, was the best ever. And Frank Sinatra was a wordsmith and a phraseologist. And he really knew how to emphasize the syllable in the word like a musical instrument. But when Bobby Darren did it, it was better than anybody else. All right, let's talk food. This week, huh, I had a sandwich. I had a turkey wrap. All right, like as if this is dietetic, it's just another way to put the meat inside the sandwich. My mouth is watering already. But what I didn't realize is they put in the wrap, it was a turkey sandwich. No big deal. I took one bite and I saw the Holy Grail because I bit the sandwich and it bit me back. Because hidden in the sandwich was a peperoncini. Have you ever had a pepperoncini pepper with your turkey sandwich? Never! Oh my God. Let me tell you something. The uniqueness of that pepperoncini. You know where another good place to put a pepperoncini when you're having a sandwich? Is when you have a meatball hero. Ask them to put a peperoncini on it. So I don't know why, but when you have a pepperoncini and a meatball parmesan hero, like from Bay Cities, for example, it's the greatest thing in the world. But there is another place where the sandwich you bite into bites you back. And believe it or not, it comes from a donut shop in Ventura. Good time Donuts. She not only makes do- donuts and muffins, Sue is her name, and tell her Dr. Clapper from the Weekend Warrior Show sent you. We already talked about all the great buttermilk bars and all the coconut donuts that she makes. But she makes one and only one sandwich. She makes a ham and cheese sandwich on a croissant. Okay, no big deal, right? You think you're biting into a ham and cheese sandwich? And the vehicle is a croissant. But you know what she does? You bite into that sandwich and it'll bite you back. Because she puts a jalapeno pepper. Not a pepperoncini pepper. A jalapeno pepper in the ham and cheese sandwich. The roof of your mouth goes on fire when she does that. Good time donuts. Get a sandwich there. You will be amazed at how delicious it is. All right, we'll take a break. Coming up next... I'll tell you what about we're going to do next week. I am so excited. It involves the greatest salsa in Los Angeles. And we have the woman who has, she ain't going to reveal the recipe, but she's going to tell us all about her place that's been around in L.A. since 1959. She's going to be our guest next week, and I want to talk about that. The number is 877-710-ESPN, as if I have any time to take calls, but why not give the number out? You're listening to the one and only Weekend Warrior show here on 710 ESPN. Girl,
8: I to call my own I wanna dream
1: lover so I don't have to dream alone. Weekend Wars on Facebook. Didn't you get the memo? Quickly hear clappers crazy kitchen stories. Easily find different callers, aches and pain issues. You're right, I get it. Search Weekend War in the search bar and click on Doc's Picture. Who are you again? Voila! Like, follow, and enjoy the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Hey, it's Mace. You know, there is no better way to start your Saturday than with Dr. Clapper and the Weekend Warrior Show,
4: 7 to 9 a.m. Saturday mornings. What's going on, L.A.? This is Kobe Bryant. Oh, my God! Start your weekend off right, listening to the Weekend Warrior Show with Dr. Clapper.
2: I don't have x-ray vision, but I kind of on the radio.
4: Every Saturday morning from 7 to 9 a.m. on ESPN, 710, home of your Los Angeles Lakers. (laughs) (laughs)
8: <laughs>
2: <laughs> the great Steve Paulette playing Helen Randy Singing Leave Me Alone As if it was that easy to tell a shark To leave you alone But you actually can With the device Nathan Garrison has come up with Called shark bands You wear this and those sharks will leave you alone 2015 in the middle of a surf contest a great white shark attacked Mick Fanning in the ocean in front of everybody. You can go on YouTube and watch it. This giant dorsal fin pops up on the beach that day. In the contest that day was the greatest surfer, 11-time world champion, Kelly Slater. Which, of course, made it about him rather than Mick Fanning, but that's a whole nother story. But listen to Kelly Slater being interviewed on the beach
3: did you see what just happened to mick fanning they asked him 11 time world champion kelly Slater has seen it all in his time but i'm not sure if he's ever seen a situation like this mick fanning attacked by a shark in the opening stages of the final of the J bay open kelly where were you when the attack happened and uh have you had a chance to see the vision well now i have seen it all yeah um it was actually surreal to me
7: because I was just coming on the beach, and obviously if I had been more patient, I might've got mixed good one at the end. That might've been, I might've been that guy right there, you know, but <clears throat> I was coming up the beach and there was a bunch of kids like, oh, sign this and whatever, you know, just after him up the beach and, and I saw all the boats and skis go straight to the lineup. And I was like, there's only one possible reason that would ever happen ever in a contest. Somebody got whacked by a shark. And I just ran up the beach and I was just like, what happened? i was just trying to find some information. And then I, I right when I got up, they played it and, I mean, I don't know. I'm halfway between crying and laughing because it's like he got so lucky and, you know, he's getting looked after. Good, just clean living right there. It's, uh, I don't know. It's, I'm sort of lost for words, to be honest.
2: Well, that's a big thing when Kelly Slater's lost for words. Julian Wilson started to cry. How about the guy who actually got attacked by the shark? How cool and calm and collected is he? that he actually said to the shark, hey, come over here, I'm gonna punch you in the face, which is what he did. This is Mick Fanning
10: on the beach after he's been attacked by the shark. And then all of a sudden I, I don't know, I just had this instinct that someone was behind me and then, and then all of a sudden I felt my, it started getting pulled underwater, and then the thing came up and I was on my board. And it was like right there. I saw the like the whole thing just thrashing around. But I was getting dragged under by my leg rope. And then and then I felt like it like it kicked me off. But then it was still there going and I was still attached to my board and I felt like I punched it a couple of times. And then hmm. and then it was dragging me. I felt like it was just dragging me underwater. And then all of a sudden my leg rope broke and I was like, all right, <laughs> just start swimming. I was swimming and screaming. And I was yelling at Jules to move as well. But he was coming at me. A little legend just, like, coming after me. And and uh, and then it was just, like, I was, like, swimming in. And then I just turned around. And I think, like, I just had this thought. What happens if it comes to another go at me? And so I just turned around so I could at least see it coming. And then before I knew it, the, the boat was there. The jet skis were there. And we were in safety. And, yeah, I just can't believe it. You
2: just can't believe it. He... Barely is emotional at all. But the rest of us, no. You just say the word shark, and it makes you cry. It makes you scared. It really gets to you. So to come up with a device to keep them away, beautiful. God bless you, Nathan Garrison, for doing that. We have a new show debuting at 9 a.m. It's called L.A. Gridiron Weekly with Rams host Kirk Morrison. Starting at 9 a.m. right after this show. He's been a guest on the show. He's fantastic. And football. What did Steve Sable? I think, when I think back on my life, the most important figure who wasn't in my family was Steve Sable, who started NFL Films. Because he's the one who slowed down the football game and added opera music. It was amazing. He made it like a ballet. And Steve Sable said, Life is great. Football is better. So to have a football show for two hours with Kirk Morrison, what a treat it's going to be Saturday following the show from here on in. Let's talk about next week. Next week, my guest is Lynn Davidson, who owns. She's the granddaughter because her grandpa started Tito's Tacos, 1959 here in Los Angeles, and it's still there. My mouth is watering already. I don't know how you don't eat 10 of these tacos. I can't stop after just two. But it made me think all week, what is it about the name Tito? So I've asked my Latino colleagues, is it a term of endearment? So it's got to be a mother who has a baby boy and can call him whatever she wants, I assume. But this beautiful, loving term of endearment is the nickname, Tito. So where in sports, where in art, where in surgery, do we see Tito? Well, one of the greatest short, second basements, I should say, of all time, in my lifetime, was Tito Fuentes. And what people don't realize is he was in the on-deck batting area during that... Sandy Koufax, Juan Marichal, Johnny Roseboro fight in 1965, when Koufax and Juan Marichal were going at it, and the catcher Johnny Roseboro decided to get into a fight, and Juan Marichal took the bat and hit Johnny Roseboro over the head with it. Tito Fuentes was in the on deck circle and was involved in that. But he was one of the greatest shortstops, second baseman. And he's the last player to leave Cuba before Castro and the embargo. So we talk about Yasiel Puig. This is all these years later. Well, the first guy was Tito Fuentes, and he was awesome. He still has a statistic of the least amount of errors as an infielder, I think, for all 1,000 games or whatever it is. And what about in art? The famous Tito's in my life. Tito Puentes, who I think recently passed away. But the best thing about Tito Puentes is, of the many things he did, bringing Puerto Rican music to the forefront, Fania All-Stars, he did all kinds of great stuff. We should play Elia Fue, by the way, that song that he had with the Fania All-Stars. But he also wrote Oye Como Va, which many of you may say, but that's Carlos Santana's song. No. Tito Puentes wrote Oye Como Va. And there's a great interview with Tito Puentes where they say, hey, stop playing Carlos Santana songs. And you go, no, I wrote that song. He said, I was very angry until I got my first royalty check. Then I love Carlos Santana singing it. Until next week, I think you with I, I leave you with volare, which means I'm singing and I'm flying, which we do each and every Saturday together. And thanks so much for joining me on the Weekend Warrior Show.
8: Volare, oh,
1: cantare, oh. It's good to be Right, King James? Absolutely. And good to be courtly friends on the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. I love it. Be treated like medical royalty with clapper vision. -Vision. Feast like a monarch on Doc's delectable finds. There we go. And that far rockaway jester humor. (laughs) Search Weekend Warrior and click on Doc's regal picture. Cool. (laughs) Sound the trumpets. No cortisone, alchemy, or leeches here. Everything's good. Bow, curtsy, like, or follow the Weekend Warrior Facebook page. Facebook page.
4: That makes me happy.
1: Cheers.